Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. All right, everybody, we want to take a second to talk to you about an amazing sponsor. We have an amazing relationship with RayAllen.com. Ray Allen is a one-stop shop for everything dog, not just working dogs. Everything dog that you need, you can go down there, check them out, RayAllen.com. Awesome people. They got everything you need. Another one of our favorite partnerships is with a dog trip. They've been with us from the start. Uh, great collars, great ball poppers, great GPS tracking, big dog, small dog, bark collars, everything. I got everything like that they have at the kennel. We use it every day. Be sure to head them up, dogtrip.com. Listen for the discount code later in the episode. Hits 2023 is being held in Scottsdale, Arizona. I hear they have a, at the hotel, they have like this super high-end shopping outside. And I think you can go surfing in the desert, which I'm super looking forward to. Anyway, Scottsdale, Arizona. August 15th to the 18th. So hurry up and register now to save a spot and make sure you get a room. Take the guesswork out of making sure you're feeding your working dog correctly by using Kinetic Dog Food. Hit them up at kineticdogfood.com and look them up on the Instagrams at kineticdogfood. Take all the guesswork out and do it right from the beginning. We love Horizon Structures. Dude, this stuff is so awesome, man. You can get online. You can talk to them. You could build it you want from Mild to wild, they'll come bring it to your place, set it down on your pad, hook up your power, hook up your water, and you can put dogs in it that day. If you don't believe me, check out some guys like uh, Justin Rigney. He's got a great setup there. Ask him. Check him out, horizonstructures.com. Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. Uh, I am Ted Summers, uh, normally from Tulsa, but right now we are at the Hold the Line Conference in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's going to be in, uh, where is it going to be next year? Myrtle Beach. That's right. It's going to be in Turtle Beach, Myrtle Beach next year, where Eric uh, was a DJ at a strip club and had a monkey. So Back to the old stomping grounds, oh which will look nothing at all like I remember. <laughs> we, we can go back to the old strip club. Yeah, I think it is there. You can go and be walk up to the bouncer and be like, hey, I used to work here. Yeah, you remember me? <laughs> you ever heard of me? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing um, several interviews here. Uh, we're running on rounding up guests. Um, yeah, so who do we have uh, right now? All right, so um, we have a guest here that uh, is a good friend of mine from back home. Uh, we do a lot of dog training together, uh, police dogs and pet dogs. But one of the things that you and I have talked about a lot is the frustration of canine units having to basically self-fund or at least you know supplement their, their budgets and training through fundraisers. We always comment that there's what do you always say there's no such thing as SWAT car wash or SWAT t-shirts yeah sales. I don't see SWAT guys fucking selling t-shirts to yeah. buy suppressors right <laughs> every once in a while they do but not not for suppressors but for other little things but um, the <clears throat> the lack of funding for canine units is pretty frustrating however there's nothing you and I can say that will change that that's been that way and will probably continue to be that way so our guest is really good at raising money. Uh, he's, he did a class here last year about uh, about fundraising and things that you can do to help raise money for your unit. And it's not, I mean, granted, it's a lot of work, but it's not like out of control. It's not shady. There's, everything is up, uh, you know, above board, and it gets your community super involved with it. So without further ado is... Uh, Simon's Handler. I could just leave it at Simon's Handler. This is Simon's Handler. Yeah, Simon's that's, that's been an ongoing joke so far this yeah. week. My friend Mike Garber. Uh, Mike, how are you, buddy? Good, good. I'm happy to be here this year. 
Yeah, it's I uh, just saw Simon. You, Simon, as usual, he's a pretty, pretty well behaved dog. Took he had to grow up a little bit, right? Yeah, it started out as a roller coaster ride in the beginning, and it was funny after being around you for a couple of years. You're like, you were a total shit show when you came to me. Watch mm-hmm. videos, and I went back and watched videos, and was like, yeah, I was bad. Yeah, is it was. It was uh, <clears throat> I'm not focused on the wrong things, but um, maybe a little bit focused on some of the wrong things, and we we're like, we're gonna make this dog work for you, and still get an out, still get good recall and everything. So he does really good. Mike's a very good dog trainer, good handler. Um, works with me on the pet side too. Does um, now, like you just did a dog with a lady with a walker. I, I throw all the goofy cases at Mike. Yeah. Uh, so it was interesting teaching a dog to heal next to a person. And I taught it a different way to heal next to a walker. So that way she could turn, she could do a complete 180 and the dog would be out of the way, no matter which way she turned. And the dog, surprisingly, it was a doodle, and the doodle picked it up, like, right away of, hey, this is where I need to be at all times. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I knew you'd, you'd kill it. Um, I didn't want to do it, so it was perfect for you. Um, but <clears throat> anyways, um, one of the things unrelated to what we're going to talk about today, we talk about uh, in my seminars I just taught uh, a, a, an hour or so ago, is the how guys that are in this line of work should be doing pet dogs for sanity, clarity, better work, and make some decent money. Um, and so my goal is to get as many cops thinking about getting out of uniform for extra work and doing something that's unrelated to police work because living in your uniform is, is a universal thing and it's not healthy mentally. It's not healthy physically. Um, it's not healthy for your family and everything, but we have to do it because we're not, none of us make that much money, you know? Yeah. So anyways, um, Mike's unit, so a lot of you guys will know him from Simon. He's got a pretty good social media following. He does a live thing with Simon every Sunday. evening, every Sunday. Sunday's with Simon. Yeah. And uh, I've been on there once. I come, in, I, I come in and just comment bomb him every once in a while. Remind him to close <clears throat> his divider. Yeah, right. Close your center <laughs> divider. He's pretty good about that. Um, but uh, a lot of you know Simon um, and Mike were on the first season of what's it called? Uh, America's Top Dog. America's Top Dog. A lot of you guys follow that. I have a beautiful poster of Mike and Simon at my facility. And um, I'm proud of those two. It is kind of a troll move we put up there to screw with the guys that make fun of him. But every time those guys come to the facility, they have to look at Mike. And yep. uh, he was in great shape then, tan, looking good. So that was that was a long time ago. <laughs> but uh, anyways... Um, so they did really well uh, out there and got, you know, got pretty popular from it, which is cool. However, well, Mike and his uh, unit, there's only two of them in his department. And how much is your, how big is your group training group? So our local training group, it can be anywhere from, we might have four dogs one day and then we might have eight dogs. It just depends on if the troopers show up and if anybody else shows up that wants to jump in. So usually a group that size, and especially the the department he works with is, is um, they're busy. It's a little bit smaller, but they're busy. Would have maybe if they're raising funds consistently. I don't know, four or five thousand dollars in the in the bank, which helps, you know. But um, talk about like how you got. What led you to get into that side of it with the fundraising? I'm sure it was a, a need basis. But how did you know you were good at it? Did you have any experience? And and where did you go? I was completely thrown to the wolves. Uh, it was a out of necessity thing. They didn't actually name me as the handler. I was selected. They didn't name me, and they were like, oh, by the way, we are still $40,000 short from the goal. Uh, I had to learn on the fly because there's nobody really around me that 
did anything like that. And surprisingly, T-shirt sales is what started it for us. And that's what got our name out there. That's what spread it around. And 90% of the T-shirt sales came with a, oh, keep the change. Because we started out selling T-shirts for 15 bucks a piece. We got, I think the first T-shirt sale was 100 shirts. And we ended up with way more money than we were supposed to because everybody was throwing in extra money. And I was like, hey, this is good. This is getting our name out there. The other side of it was I was not your happy-go-lucky police officer that was out in the public talking to people and stuff like that. I was go out arrest, go out write tickets, just go, 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 and I never slowed down. I had to start talking to the public a lot. I was doing demos, like probably 30 or 40 demos without a dog before I was ever a canine handler and talking to people about the importance of canine and raising funds doing that the whole time. So it really taught me how to get out of my bubble. That's of, tough without a dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I I was wrong on some of the things I was talking about. Like the, you know, I learned throughout my career about the Narcan and the dogs and how, you know, not effective that is in some situations and how not how it's not necessary. But I was telling people, you know, stuff like that. Like, oh, my dog needs Narcan, it needs this. You know, giving a list of items that your dog needs. And I found that helped out a lot with the fundraising of telling people what you actually needed and what the purpose of your, your fundraising goal was. That created a clear picture for anybody who is donating money to say, hey, I want to donate to that. And it's the same thing with like setting up a new cruiser and stuff like that. You have people who will come forward and say, hey, I want to donate a hot and pop to you. I want to donate this to you. Hey, here's two grand. Get your lettering done. You know, And it's it's just what you have to do. But the T-shirt sales is what shocked everybody because I think we did over $12,000 profit in T-shirt sales. And if I tell you this correctly, I think me nor my wife wanted to see a T-shirt for a mm -hmm. year after we finished that sale. I know how that feels. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a lot. I mean, our conference room table where the detectives were was it had boxes in there piled up. We had T-shirts stacked on the table. I mean, it was ridiculous. And this was all before we had the online store and we really advanced uh, in our fundraising goals. So everything was in person for us. And then we got really lucky. Everything caught on. We have a super supportive community. And we had Melissa at the time, who was our fund manager. The way we set up our fund was through a 501c3 nonprofit community foundation, the Salem Community Foundation, that's not under the control of the police department budget or anything like that. So it's a completely independent organization, a reputable organization we used. The biggest part of that was our fund, the money that's in there, we get the capital interest and gains from a $50 million fund. Oh, wow. So that like set us up for success right off the bat because we're getting that interest every year. That's cute. That's yeah, that's key. Like huge. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I can take no credit at all for that. That was all the community foundation and the administration that set that up that way. All right. One of the largest conferences in the country. Uh, Hits Canine Training Conference. It's America's premier canine training seminar packed to the brim with the world's best instructors and me and Eric, all covering important topics. There is no better place to learn and no better place to network with other handlers, breeders, trainers, and vendors. Hits 2023 is being held in Scottsdale, Arizona. I hear they have a, at the hotel, they have like this super high-end shopping outside. And I think you can go surfing in the desert, which I'm super looking forward to. Anyway, Scottsdale, Arizona. August 15th to the 18th. So hurry up and register now to save a spot and make sure you get a room. We'll see everybody there. Largest law enforcement training conference in the world. Tons of training classes. Lots of training topics for everybody and everything. Hours included and more network opportunities. Be sure to hit up Jeff Barrett at 863-529-5113. Hits K9, letter K number nine dot net. And at hits underscore K9 and all of your socials.
one of the best relationships we have in this podcast and in this industry is with the great people down at Kinetic Dog Food. The story of Kinetic uh, Performance Dog Food is pretty simple. They wanted to make a better premium dog food for the dogs that need it the most. Their goal is to give every working and sporting dog a higher energy level, better performance, and better overall health through superior nutrition. So they formulated a line of food based on what they considered to be the optimal profile of a performing of performance dog. They've done tons of research on this. This isn't their first rodeo. These guys know what they're doing. If you're a kennel, they will come to your kennel. They will see the problems that you have. They will check out what works for the dogs that you have. Um, they're amazing people to work with. They drop ship a pallet right to you if you want. Um, I know a lot of guys that use them. There's a bunch of different formulas on there. And uh, 32K might not be for your dogs. Maybe the 26K works. They can adjust it. They'll give you the right ideas what to do in different parts of the year. Winter's different than summer. It's uh, it's really a well-run, good dog food um, company, kineticdogfood.com. Be sure to check them out on social media too, man. They're, they're amazing folks, kineticdogfood.com. So my entire time that I was a handler or a trainer in law enforcement, the cars at my department in the departments that I trained all had American aluminum accessory kennels in the cars, different cars, man, Dodge chargers, all Ford models, some Chevys, uh, SUVs, cars, everything. We loved American aluminum accessories. Um, it's a great product, a great company. They've been serving uh canine law enforcement community for over 20 years, if you check out their uh, website, EZ, that's the letter Z, EZRiderOnline.com. They got testimonials. They got videos on how to. They got a list of everything they have. Uh, just today, we made a post on the Working Dog Radio social media showing a dog that survived a really bad crash because of the American aluminum kennel in the back of the car. Check them out online, guys, EZRiderOnline.com. Just let them do their thing, man. Whatever car you got for your work, your patrol car, Get a hold of them, American Aluminum Accessories, and get the best in the business. Next up comes uh, training courses online from our friends down at Highland Canine Training, Jason and Aaron Ferguson. So in the post-Rona world, uh, training budgets have been getting cut. People aren't going to be able to travel, whether it be instructors or they be canine handlers and supervisors going somewhere else for training. So Highland has announced a lot of online training courses. One of those that sticks out to me is their police supervisor canine course. And it's no secret that one of the problems with canine tends to be some of the supervision issues. This course is specifically designed for administrators and covers utilization as well as liability and FL FLSA issues. The course can be taken at your convenience and you'll receive a certificate of completion at the end. When you go to tactical police canine training, that's letter K number nine training.com and use the discount code WDR30, you'll get 30% off of that course. Are so you just a line item in their bank, basically? We're, we're a separate? separate fund inside. They, I think they have like 70 funds right now. So the, the short answer of what, what Garber is telling you right now is have a good accountant <laughs> and have a good attorney. And there's attorneys. I, we're actually setting up a 501 right now for Oklahoma teams. And I have invested in a, an attorney and an accountant that only do nonprofit stuff and a compliance organization that helps us get everything set up with the IRS. But yeah, I mean, that is, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have gross. a three part checks and balances where yeah. it has to go from the handler or handlers. Cause me and Steve, a lot of times we'll jointly say we want to get this. 
it goes to the the administration, the chief, and the safety director. From there, it goes to the fund, and it's a it's all on paper. It'll go to the fund, and then the fund looks at it, says, "Yep, this is canine related. This is absolutely what this fund is intended for," and then we'll get to do the purchase of it. That's cool because then you don't. Did you have to do your own separate bylaws, or are you going off of theirs? So they created it when they created the account. Oh, okay, and. Oh, that's a piece of cake. Yeah, yeah. It, it <laughs> yeah. made things so much easier because you know how, I mean, for the guys out there and gals out there working with dealing with POs and stuff mm-hmm. like that, um, we talked a little bit about last night about how getting money from the department to the vendor, from the department to the company, it takes forever sometimes. And oh, yeah. POs are a pain in the butt. We have, like, direct access. You know, we actually just got a credit card now for the canine unit. We have direct access. If I need to get something, I know I can buy that right now, and it's taken care of. And it- this brings up an interesting point. Like there's several times where Eric and I deal with like administrators from uh, departments or from like wherever. Right. And what do we constantly hear? We hear, Oh, it's not in the budget. It's not in the budget. And I'm like, you do know that like, I mean, for those listening, like I have an MBA, like I have a fucking degree in business and I've seen these budgets. There is not a line item in a majority of budgets that say, Related just to canine. There yeah. are instead like large agencies, like if you go talk to Gooseby, like they have their own fucking thing at LAPD, right? Because it's LAPD. But for the most part, for these small agencies, they don't have like a canine budget. It kind of like is what it is and it comes out of the general fund. So uh, yeah, it, it, it becomes like making sure that, like you said, that it is getting used specifically for the dogs, for what is it intended for, and it's not being co opted. Because we see that all the time. I mean, how many, there are guys listening to this that have go out they do and if you listen i don't know where this episode is going to play in relation to the ones that we've already done but we interviewed kenny williams and he talks a little bit in that interview about civil asset forfeiture but there's multiple times where the dogs will be responsible for helping seize a ton of money and seize a ton of funds or seize cars or whatever it is that's sold off as an asset the agency gets to keep it and they're like eh, the dogs don't get any of it yeah so believe me i know but having the like direct access and saying this is specifically for this prevents the hands off like keeps the hands off of and, and unscrupulous admins mike's lucky because his place is super supportive there there's you know where i was at before the money was always a, a bone of contention so like we had a canine association there and they still do <clears throat> that that had its own money so when i was uh head of the training there if i wanted a training equipment i did not have to ask anyone the board and i we got together and then we went and bought it right money the money had some power there because we had two chiefs in a row that tried to order me to give them their money and i said listen dude your career is going to come to a halt not how this works over this <laughs> but if you have a place that understands it, and if they're smart, an administration really wants hands off. Like, I don't want to touch that money. That's um, a slippery slope that, I, you know, whatever. I still think the department should fund as much as they possibly can of it, um, understanding that every single division in a police department has their hands out. Everybody. As they should. If I'm the SWAT commander, I should have my hands out for my guys. Dope unit, hands out. Canine, hands up. They should, uh, a chief should expect that. If not, they're like, why do you hate your guys? Why don't you ask for a gear? But if you have some people that don't try to dick with the money and stick it in there, then you have a pretty good symbiotic relationship. But in my case, they were goofs about it, so we just used money to dispel all the arguments about the cost of canine because we bought food. We then went and got free food. We paid for all gear. The only thing we didn't do was buy dogs. 
that took away the the hater captain or whatever who hated canine. It took away all his arguments. He had no arguments about how much canine costs. Actually, it didn't cost you anything but a car and a dog. Um, but so when you start getting going, how do you? Okay, so you get the big T-shirt sale going. How do you get uh, the the community to buy in on the other stuff? Because eventually, T-shirts are going to be you got to move on to something else, or they become something we do, but not the main thing. Right. So we had to transition from T-shirts to other merchandise. So we did a run of T-shirts for about three years in a row, and I got with Steve. And I was like, "Hey, we got to come up with something more snappy, something a little bit better." And then we created our brand. Um, we we made a logo, the SPD Canines, and we're like, "That's going to be our brand." We're going to use that on everything. So we have that, and we created one last T-shirt design, which we still, we're still we still rolling with now. With that T-shirt design, we also got with a local company. And that's how you're successful in all this, making contacts, rubbing elbows, talking to people, finding out who your local businesses are that can help you make your program successful. And if you're feeding that money back into the community, that makes a huge impact too, because those are going to be future sponsors for events you have. Those are going to be people that give you donations for helping their business out. So we found a local business, Joss Cole Designs, that hooked us up with tumblers. Our tumbler sales oh, yeah. took They're good off. too. Yeah, um, we started with the tumblers. Now we're into we're going to have keychains, UV printed cups, coffee cups, forty ounce tumblers are coming back, and they literally their laser work is amazing. It's it's hands down the best laser work I've seen on a tumbler. Their UV work is there now. And one of the things I taught in a class was quality of product is going to get you so much further with your, your people too. Yeah, they're not going to buy as much because it ain't going to be falling apart. But if we put out a quality product, people are going to tell their friends about it. They're going to tell their friends about it and it's going to take off. And it did. Everybody started talking about how good our tumblers were. It spread around. And next thing you know, we're out of tumblers. We're putting in another order. We're, I'm interested to see how the keychains and everything else go because I've done other stuff before, like I did the PVC patches. You know, that's a cop thing. That's not a civilian thing. Yeah. And and I sell a lot of stuff to cops, but that's not my main base. You can't think like a cop when you're selling stuff to the public and selling stuff to support your, your unit. You have to think, what is my average citizen on the street? What do they want to see on this? Because if you think like a cop, you have a very small demographic to sell to. Whereas if you think about your community, I did online polls a couple months ago. What new products would you like to see? And that's where we pull a lot of ideas from. The um, your tumbler's been to Aruba with me like three years in a row, so it works pretty good even in the hot. keeps it keeps it cold, um, cold drinks and everything is pretty good. The forty ounce, I can't wait. I can put some Oli in there. <laughs> of course, yeah. you would drink. So the, the forty ounce <laughs> tumblers are going to have a special. They're going to have a handle on them nice. too. That's oh, the so best when you part. get fucking hammered, you don't drop yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, even if you drop them, they're still good. We're going through the process right now of setting one up for Oklahoma, kind of like what you've got going on, but for Oklahoma teams, where I'm from, um, budgets are always a problem, right? With the exception of TPD, Oklahoma City PD, OHP, and the Bureau of Narcotics, like the four largest law enforcement agencies in the state, are they don't have a budget problem. Um, <clears throat> and since Mars is like a multi, it's like statewide deal, um, I've pulled from a lot of experienced handlers and former handlers and business people within Oklahoma and within Tulsa, uh, to sit on our board. And that definitely helps a lot. The one thing that we ran into 
um, I actually used a company um, called Harbor Compliance to get all the stuff set up for the 501. So for, if you're listening to this and you don't have a fortunate situation like Garber does, and you have a situation like Eric had where your admins fucking hate everybody and you still want to do this, there's a company called Harbor Compliance. If you look it up, it's they do a great job. I think they charge 1600 bucks to help you set everything up, but they do all the paperwork, get everything set up for you. And then uh, there's a second company after you're done called Candid that gives you a guide star rating. So in Oklahoma, we have a lot of um, oil, natural gas, uh, medical, and aerospace that and um, kind of consumer um, direct stuff that they want to donate, but they want a guide star. Basically, how open we are with our um, budgets and how open we are with what we do with the money. So once we have, once you have your accountant that you're paying, give you the forms, send this to the guide star people that then give you a rating, which you can then solicit larger businesses will give you, they're like, Oh, your guide star rated. We know that you're not, you know, taking 99 yeah. cents out of every dollar to go to fucking, you know, the Caribbean and spending none of it on what it's designed for. And that's how you will really ramp up. And then from there you can do anything you need to, but yeah. For so, those, yeah. Mike is making it sound kind of easy as far as like, yeah, he sells t-shirts, get out there and sell them. It does take a big buy-in and a lot of footwork from the guys because yeah. uh, no one else is going to help you but you, your family, your guys. Maybe you get a, a, a citizen here and there that'll help you. How, how did you get everybody to jump in on that? So surprisingly, uh, everybody in the PD was on board with it. We had full support from like top to bottom. Everybody was ready to go for it. Uh, there was bake sales put on by officers, mm -hmm. kids, stuff like that. And the one bake sale was, uh, I don't want to say his name on the air because they were very private, mm -hmm. but him and his daughters and his wife had a bake sale at Tractor Supply one day, made over four grand. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, by donation, hot dog and bake sale. And we advertised it, four grand. You know, And that was when we were in that, when I got told, hey, you're the handler, but you're not named yet go raise money. That was during that time frame. And that was funny because that was the day actually the two sergeants that were there and a lieutenant from our sheriff's office cornered the chief and made him name me because the news showed up. And they were like, name him. Yeah. He's doing all this work. That's name pretty him. good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's when that happened. But there's like, and that's the thing, man. Like, so there's, for example, for a while, I don't know if they still do it for a while, places like uh, Applebee's was doing where you can go in a certain percentage can go to this one particular charity for that day. And that's, that's nice. I don't know that that raises a lot, but what it does was guys jump on those because they don't really have to do anything. They, they put out some flyers and stuff like that, but I don't find that to be as effective. So we did the, I call them the, the, the easier money uh, stuff. We do those, you're looking at two to $300 for that stuff. If you go out and you actually talk to the people when you go to those events, it pays off more in the long run because then those people now know about you, they've seen you, they've talked to you, and you can share stuff with them. We didn't start out, you know, where we're at now. It was four years of work before mm -hmm. we even thought about starting the website, starting the online store and stuff like that. And we went off the adage of you have to spend money to make money. But we made sure we were already established. We had that baseline and we had the support. We had civilian support at that time that was outside of the agency. Melissa, who was our fund manager for the community foundation at that time, we spent hours upon hours of planning, setting stuff up, presenting stuff and saying, this is what we can do. This is what we can't do. And it was a lot of work. The outside help is sometimes more important than the inside help because that outside help isn't looking at it with cop eyes is what I say. They're, yeah. they're looking at it as what's more effective, what's going to look whenever 
Jane Doe clicks on your website, what's going to make it easy for her? Because canine pages, if you look at your demographics and you follow your algorithms and everything, I can almost guarantee you every single canine page out there, your following is going to be 70% female over 30. Yeah. Almost like guarantee it. Not cops. Yeah, and, and not cops. Some, a little bit here and there. They might throw a like in there every once in a while. But so like the association we that I used to belong to, Year for years, they just did a reverse raffle, and it was fun, and we had a good time. But it, you know, after open bar and everything, it, like four thousand dollars. But there was thirty dogs to deal with for that. So then we started big gala fundraisers, and now there's a golf outing and a and a five k. So you have to expand. You have to get a little more creative. What, Ted? What did Kenny said something that they do for their big fundraiser? Oh, uh, they do a comedy. They yeah, do a stand up. They do a show. Hadn't yeah. even thought of that. Yeah, when he said that, yeah, they. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. So. Because I do stand up, I'm sure everyone listening to this. Right, yeah. think that's pretty. I do yeah. a bunch of school shooting jokes though, which yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing a too, uh, we're, too, too soon. <laughs> we're doing our second annual golf outing now, and I can say the golf outing has been the the biggest source of community relations and the biggest source of income. However, with our golf outing, it's not a ginormous money maker like you would think because we're splitting that up between multiple canine teams. We we attack it as a whole because. We take the core guys from the local training group and say, hey, we can have this much area, pull from each other, and then we split the money at the end. And plus, we all golf, so we all knew what we wanted in a golf outing. And I think last year we threw together, everybody we talked to said it was the best golf outing they've been at. We had one complaint of slow play. Other than that, everybody was like, that was perfect. Because That's called drunk play, not slow play. You guys yeah. are drunk. Yeah, because every mm-hmm. golf outing you go to, you sit there for two hours afterwards waiting to get your yeah. raffles and get out of there. But we had it set up to where everything was boom, 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 ran right through. And that worked because of the team effort. You know, that was the the group of handlers that got together. But again, that was something we planned that golf outing for three years before we finally pulled the trigger on it because we didn't know what we were getting into. And now that we know, it's like, hey, we're doing this every year. It's a great event. Even if we don't make a ton of money off of it, we have so much public exposure from it. We have to do it. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> we talked about this. We talked about like I think you mentioned in your show last year, your class you did here. For two guy unit, getting to your, how much you think you've raised in the since you started? How many years you've been doing it? How much you think you raised? We started at the end of twenty fifteen, and I think we're somewhere around total for the last seven or eight years. I think we raised somewhere close to two hundred and eighty thousand dollars, and. We learned a lot. We spent money. Like when we started out, we were, I have the first dog ever in the history of our department. Steve has a second dog ever. We went in blind. We wasted a bunch of money on stuff that we found out later. It's like, yeah, we don't really need that. We don't really need this. That doesn't work. It was a learning curve. And fortunately for us, what we did with anything we had excess, we found somebody in canine that needed it and we got it to them because we didn't want anything to go to waste that we raised funds for and we had gotten because that's just, that goes against everything I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make every every dollar we collect, I'm trying to make it count for something. Whether you're a donor giving me $5,000 or a donor giving me $10, that donation is just as important to me. Because these are people, I've, I've had people that I know that don't have enough money to give a donation that have shown up and given a donation because we happened to go to their kid's school and we passed out playing cards and we gave them a stuffed Simon mm-hmm. or stuffed Argo. And that, to me, that means more than the million-dollar donation. So before we wrap it up, I'm a canine training group, small, few guys, whatever. 
and I'm sick of doing t-shirts. I need to do something else. Give me the next thing I should jump on and the thing I, one thing I should not jump on. Definitely jump on tumblers and cups. They're a huge... I'm trying to think of the right word. You get over 100% profit off of those for what you sell them for. For what a normal tumbler sells for and for what you can get it made for, you can make a lot of money on that, that turnover. If you get the right t-shirt company, you can too. Stay away from anything that can't be a normal item to a normal person. I made the mistake. I got PVC patches made. I got a bunch of stickers made. Not a big hit. Yeah. That's true, yeah. It's only us that put them on our computers and our fridges at our working place. Yeah, I'm sitting here recording on this computer and mine's covered in fucking stickers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I literally had PVC patches and was trying to give them to kids and they were like, what's this? And I was trying to give them to their parents and they're like, well, what do, what do I do with this? They had no clue. One right. of my handlers has, uh, he, she, uh, the do- her dog's name is Thor and he has, it's not one of my handlers, she trains with this, but he, um, she has uh, Pokemon cards made from, of him. Oh yeah. really? Yeah, it's a it looks a legit Pokemon card. That's pretty cool. And she handed me one. I was like, "Where did you get this?" Like, yeah, I'd be hiding them and putting out maps and <laughs> clues and oh yeah, the the playing cards and Pokemon cards and stuff like that. As far as community relations go, huge. I mean, every traffic stop, every traffic crash, everything you're on. If you pass out a playing card, I can't remember who posted. I remember seeing it though. That one positive interaction you can have, make it, and it's. That's how you build your canine unit is through your community. Unless you're one of the, you know, they're out there. They're the big budgeted canine units that have all the money and have all the cool kid stuff. They're out there. I get it. But when you're working smaller agencies and you have to work off donations, you have to do community events. You have to be out there talking to people. And that's my counterpart, Steve. He is my talker. He can talk to anybody. Uh, any situation, whether it's a guy with a gun we're dealing with or whether it's talking to the, the mom's club, he, he can talk and talk and talk more than I can. Which is crazy because he might be angrier than I am. Yes. He's, he's I can, an I angry little that. dude. <laughs> I love him, but whew. he's my little pit bull. I, I want him in every fight. I never forget. Steve didn't know him. He, uh, Mike had already been training with us. Steve goes to Shallow Creek as a dog. He comes to us for the first time to train with the big training group. I think his dog bit him first day. I was like, um, yeah, let's let's change up what we're doing. Let's do something a little bit different here. Um, it, it was it was an interesting start, but yeah, they, Steve does a good job. Um, I think that's about it. Where, um, like, so give us like all of your socials for all that stuff. So our website is spdk9.com. Go there, steal ideas. Letter K number nine. Yep, letter K number nine. Our Instagram is at spdk. 9S and our Facebook is City of Salem Police Department Canine Unit. I didn't pick that. That's what we mm. got. That sounds like an official like yeah, somebody in the community some, some somebody some communications officer is like, this is your official website. Yeah, yeah they yeah. took the City Police Department Facebook and added Canine Unit to it. Mm-hmm. There you go. But if you get on um Sunday nights, what time do you usually do this time on Sundays? So in the summertime it's about seven PM because the sun's starting to go down, it cools down a little bit. Everybody loves to watch him catch Frisbee. Yeah, and yeah. and you may laugh at it and stuff, and I, I make all the TikTok cop jokes and stuff like that, but our live show, I bet you, probably has brought in more money than our T-shirt sales in the last two years. We started doing a live show because of COVID, because we couldn't go out and do demos. Mm-hmm. That has gained us a worldwide audience. Well, yeah. Do you, uh, is there a donation button on there when you're... So we post a link to our website. Our website has a PayPal giving oh, on it. okay. 
and it also has our online store. And usually after every Simon Sunday, I'm doing packages because new people get on there and see it, and they order stuff. And when I say worldwide, I have people from Ireland, Australia, Holland, Netherlands, uh, like everywhere. Um, I even had somebody from Japan on. They were watching. People from the Philippines, Guam, and then all four corners of the U.S. I always do a little part in the beginning. Hey, where are you watching from? And it's like you get every state in there except for a couple, and it's pretty fun to see that. And it all started out just as we were doing it. Just we were bored because of COVID. And yeah. now I can't. If I don't, if I'm not live at a certain time, I get about thirty messages from ladies wanting to know: Is Simon okay? Are you okay? <laughs> and yeah. and we've made a ton of very good relationships and a ton of friends from that. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, thanks for coming on, Mike. I'm yeah. glad we had you, man. Um, are you going to teach in Myrtle Beach? You think? Yeah, Joe said he's going to have me back for Myrtle Beach to teach the uh, the fundraising class, and you know. I steal your words all the time. But of course. Money is power when yeah. it comes to the canine unit. If you've got that money, you can do what you need to do. Yeah, if you can take away excuses, because there, as you guys know, there are haters, haters within your department that just don't want to fund that. You know, they just don't want to do anything. So, anyways, thanks, man. Yeah. And we will see you on the next one. All right, we love the Perkinsons down in uh, North Carolina at Highland Canine Training. They are. Great people, great trainers. They got a good business model. They're awesome folks. We've been with them for a long time. Uh, they're also super smart. And they understand that a lot of agencies are struggling to have manpower. So they're not sending people away for training. You guys have been there. You know, you put in denied lack of manpower. So they've created an online course section of their website, tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. You get on there under training, the online course. But here's the best thing is they offer a supervisor, canine supervisor course, which we know a lot of uh, police canine supervisors don't get to go to training. They don't know as much as they should. Right here online, uh, the course discusses topics such as proper selection of dogs and handlers, proper deployment, effective allocation and utilization, as well as liability and the FLSA issues, which we know is where all the legal stuff comes from, interdepartmental. Uh, the course can be taken at your convenience, and you will receive a certificate of completion at the end. Uh, they're offering an amazing discount, guys. 30% off using the discount code WDR30. It's a no-brainer. If you're a police supervisor and you guys have manpower issues and you can't go, get on tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com under the training tab. Get on that supervisor's course, man. I'm telling you, it's a smart decision. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break for just a second and talk about Dogtra, one of our favorite sponsors. Uh, Dr. has been committed for over 20 years to crafting dog training e-collars to perfect and precise fit and finish, intuitive design, and accountable performance. The Dogtra 1900S e-collar is one of my favorites, and it demonstrates what they strive for, an ultimate dog training tool that is durable, dependable, and designed for the most demanding conditions, which I can attest to because I tear stuff up frequently. My favorite is the 1900S Black and the 1900S Hands-Free, which I use all the time. Check it out at Dogtra. Dot com. Be sure to use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off any single item over 200 bucks. That includes the 1900 and the 1900 Black. It's no secret that we love Ray Allen Canine Equipment. We use their products every single day. The mission statement says it all. To be a world leader in quality and innovative innovation of professional canine equipment for police, military, Schutzen, and ring sport to exceed our customers' expectations and deliver on time every time at a fair price. We full-heartedly believe they've held to that. 
since it is our go-to one-stop shop for everything canine. Not everything canine alone, guys, dogs in general. If you train dogs, if you have a dog, everything you need for dog or canine, check out Ray Allen Canine Manufacturing, rayallencanine.com. Use the discount code WDR10 for 10% off. Super excited to have American Aluminum Accessories on board with us here at the podcast. These guys manufacture a wide variety of products from high-quality cam locker toolboxes to an extensive line of products designed to meet the ever-changing needs of the law enforcement community. Around 1992, due to the demand for safe and secure transport for a local law enforcement agency's canine unit, they introduced the very first in-vehicle Easy Rider canine container. So it was basically what we now call just our inserts. They have continuously grown and expanded uh, the products, catering to the needs and the wants of their valued customers and high-profile clientele, and catering specifically to law enforcement. Over the years, as the needs have changed for law enforcement, they've evolved and expanded the products to include inmate transport systems, the canine training aids, which I use quite a bit of, canine inserts, most of, every one of my guys has one of those things. And you know, you if you're not even have to be in law enforcement, I have several friends that are civilians that work lots of dogs that have the inserts put into their cars too so you got one that fits you can do it uh they also do contraband and animal control systems just to name a few so be sure to hit them up the website is easy rider online so that's the letter e the letter z as in zebra rideronline.com if you're looking for them on instagram and facebook it's american aluminum accessories feel free to hit them up there too so our first and oldest sponsor that's been with us from the beginning is arno out out at ALM, uh, out there in, in Las Vegas area. Arno is a great dude. He makes great stuff for, for police work and sport work, suits, tugs. I'm telling you right now, his tugs are the best in the business. You can't get any better. Multiple colors. Uh, I, I buy boxes of them from him and give them out to everybody. Uh, I've got a bite suit from him. Love it. I've had it for a little over three years, and it's holding up like a champ. Um, Ted's got a suit that he's had forever from ALM. Uh, we wouldn't go anywhere else, man. We love it. Arno is such a good dude. His uh, ALM canine equipment.com is the website. Get on there. He's got pre-made suits. He can do custom suits based on your measurements. Um, he's got stuff already, already made up. If you kind of get a kind of generic large size, maybe for everybody, the colors he has, man, is really cool. He can put a lot of stuff on those suits. Uh, check them out. ALM canine equipment.com and use the discount code WD radio for 10% off. You know, running a kennel is one of those things that I always worry about is cleanliness and safety of dogs. And it's, it seems like it's an ever changing issue being able to house dogs and move things around everything else. So the guys at horizon structure make this as easy as possible. Literally the only thing you have to do is have water and power hookups and they deliver it and you can put dogs in that day. And it comes built, comes on a trailer. They just drop it off. You plug it in, put dogs in it, and you're ready to rock. You keep them clean. You keep them safe. You keep them cool in the summer and warm in the wintertime. And it's completely custom. You can go complete, mild to wild. I've seen some that were stainless steel all the way from top to bottom on the inside. And then I've seen some for a, a bulldog breeder that you know had smaller gates because those things can't jump. So if you reach out to them, uh, they're sitting there waiting for you to call and help you through the custom design process. They have everything from two dog ones up to, uh, I want to say like 18 or 20. It's a lot of, you can put a lot of dogs, indoor, outdoor runs. So anything you've ever dreamed of, they've got it, or have done it or can do it. So they've taken all the guesswork out of building it. Everything is pre-done to your specifications and it's assembled, dropped off, boom, you're ready to rock. 
things are amazing. Uh, Rigney has one. Uh, we've had him on the show a couple of times. Go check out his Instagram and you can see he's posted it up there before. Go look Horizon up at Horizon Structures, spelled out. Uh, on the internet, it's horizonstructures.com. And you're going to look for the link in there that says commercial dog kennels. Or give them a call, 888-447-4337. They'd love to talk to you and get you started on the way. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young now. Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E, dot blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.